Well, it's a week where the market continues to furiously debate central bank actions or the perception of central bank actions. We've seen equity markets stage a reasonable re rebound, the Nasdaq leading the pack up 6% over the last five days. We've seen the US dollar breaking out of its December highs, only to roll over and fail at those levels. And we've seen crude being hotly debated as we go into the OPEC meeting in the session ahead. Prices look firm. We debate all of these factors and more as we go into the trade-off. Hi, I'm Chris Wesson, Head of Research here at Pepperstone. I'm going to be joined in a second with Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. So we're going to be unpacking, we're going to be analysing, navigating all the big landmines, the trends, and the key setups that have caught mine and Blake's uh, imagination that are being hotly debated, not just by ourselves, but also from traders on the floor across asset class as well. So remember, if you like what you hear, do hit the like button. That'd be fantastic. And if you want to subscribe, then you'll never miss a show going forward as well. And of course, it goes without saying that anything that Blake or I say uh, shouldn't be considered personal advice. It should be general in nature as well. So let's bring Blake into the program. And Blake, before I wanted to discuss markets, and I hope you're doing really well, mate, um, I want to just say to everyone out there that, that we have joined um, pe- uh, the Trading View. This is a big, big venture that we've that's been in the works for a while. Um, you know, obviously, we still continue to hold uh, allowed clients to trade on on C Trader and and MetaTrader platforms as well. But now people will be able to go into um, you know into the communities, into the fantastic charting and Trading View, and be able to execute their transactions or their their orders through um, straight from the charts in, into Trading View, and, and that will feed into the Pepperstone back end as well. So yeah, this has been sort of debated and, and wanted from clients for a while and it's now gone live so if you want more information do reach out to the team at pepstone it's a platform that i use for my charting as well and blake has question to you i mean um do you, you obviously use this one so you, you bring out the charts every week this is a platform that, that, that you use for to execute your orders as well yeah it is and i think it's a really really wonderful um uh you know feature that you're giving to all the pepperstone clients it's something i've used uh, i've used the the trading view integration uh, and traded through them for quite some time. I've been using their charts with Forex Analytics for since we since we were uh, established like five years ago. So I love the Trading View platform. I like I said, I think it's a great tool that all of your clients are going to love to use. Yeah, cool. I think it's it's yeah, and some of the functionality on there is is fantastic. Obviously, if you're still using and you're getting utility out of MT4, MT5, and C Trader, continue to do so. That doesn't need to change. But if you if you do find that TradingView is is a platform that you've used to 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 do your analysis and then go back to MT4 to transact. You know, this is something that, that that can make life a lot more efficient for you going forward. So do check it out. I think you know, you're going to be really pleased with, with the offering that you're going to be seeing there. So fantastic pro- platform for, for, for people to trade on. Now I'm going to bring, let's go straight into markets because again, you know, it's been another wild, wild week on markets. Things have calmed down a little bit. You know, we've seen good short covering coming through. I want to bring up the first um, section there. Let's go into topical funder. Well, Blake, you know, we, the first one we want to talk about is I've, I've, I've pulled up the NASDAQ because it really has been the sort of poster child of this kind of snapback rally. We've seen the NASDAQ up 6% over the last five days. US equity markets have really worked quite nicely. We've seen European markets also working quite well. Asia's underperformed. I mean, we know we've seen China obviously off for, for Golden Week and, and the Lunar New Year. But um, yeah, we've seen NASDAQ really working quite nicely. We've seen those markets moving back up to sort of 38% retracement of the high to low. So the question I'm asking for you, and we asked this last week, 
Um, you know, is has this got more legs? Can we continue to expect this markets to to perhaps push a little bit higher into the thirty into the fifty percent retracement level? Can this can market can continue going forward, or is this just the short covering that's probably done its dash and people will be looking to raise cash levels on any kind of rallies here? What's what's your view on on the equity markets more broadly? That's you know it's a great question and and yeah the 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 Nasdaq has had a nice recovery and what's most impressive I think about the recovery that we've seen in Nasdaq it's rallying in the face of yields rising too and yeah. that's that's kind of impressive in itself. However, um, you know I'm gonna I've got more to say about the equity markets as we go through this show, so make sure you guys don't go anywhere because I do have an opinion. Uh, I have a couple of setups that I think you're gonna want to take a look at. However, uh, you know the Nasdaq closed back above its two, the Nasdaq 100 closed back above its 200 day moving average. That's important, and I, I think we can reclaim the uh, the fifty percent retracement, even even the six one eight retracement, which is fifteen thousand six hundred, which is also the previous neckline of the double top reversal. So I, I still think there might be a little bit more juice in the tank, but you got to start being careful. We've had a nice rally, as you pointed out, Chris, and I, I hate chasing the markets, uh, especially in this environment. Um, I do believe that central banks are tightening globally and i yeah. think this is going to be a headwind for for markets it's not you know it's i don't think it's a market where we're going to be looking at all-time highs yeah. every single month we're, yeah. we're going to be in more of a range so i think you got to be careful chasing higher well, I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, look, the market's above all its short-term moving averages. They're pointing very strongly higher. We're about to see crossing overs of sort of five-day EMA over the twenty-day. Just tells you the momentum's firmly to the upside. Now, obviously, it doesn't lead to to guarantee any kind of future upside. But uh, I, I think the level that, that we'd be looking at is is the double bottom that we got you know, last year. And I think you, you, you're looking around fifteen thousand five hundred. Um, that would be the level that I think we can squeeze up to in the short term. Uh, be watching how price reacts around those kind of levels. But what we've seen is is yeah, earnings have come out. Have a look at those. Numbers. We've seen from Alphabet. They were sensational. Apple obviously starting, you know, that runoff last week. And, you know, those numbers were pretty good, but Alphabet have come out with good numbers there. So we are seeing some of the high beta names coming out. Tesla's looking pretty good at the moment. Um, and Microsoft, you know, fantastic earnings from those. So the mega cap companies, yeah. those giants, have been contributing towards this move. So I do think that we probably get a little bit more of a squeeze up. That would be my base case at the moment. But I think, you know, 15,500, if we want to use the NASDAQ as our proxy, um, you know, I think that would be the level that we'd be looking just to see how price reacts and whether a price can roll over. So that's kind of my short-term target uh, in that market there. And I think that's that's uh, right, rightly so. So, you know, I, I'm going to actually shift gears a little bit. And I, I want to I talk a little bit about non-farm payroll, Chris, because, look, we just, we just had the FOMC. Um, we kind of know where their head's at now. And I guess the question that I have for, I've, I've been asking a lot of people this question, and I'm going to pose it to you, you know, do, 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 does NFP even matter? Or actually, I could even take a step back and 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 say, does does data from here for the next you know month and a half or two months does it really matter at this stage? So you know, NFP is always the marquee event at the beginning of each month, first Friday of the month. Here we go. Uh, we got non-farm payroll on Friday. What are your thoughts here with the with the jobs data? Are is it gonna is it gonna impact the market, or should we just you know, if if we if we get a, a an aggressive move, we just fade it. What do you well, think? I think the first thing you got to do is, is as a trader is understand. You know, if I've got a dolly in position or a gold position, do I do I have any concern with holding it over that news event? That's one of the first thing we do as part of our risk assessment. And for me, no, no, I, I don't think. I think obviously, you know, if, if something really bad happens, then yeah, absolutely, you could see a move. But I think. 
given you know so many people are going to be furloughed through 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 January um, and they're not going to be counted if they're not paid they're not going to be counted as a furlough worker in the in the in the household survey effectively in the non-farm survey should we say um, there could be a situation where we where we do see a reasonable amount of job losses um, but it's going to be because of one-off factors and the, and the White House has been preparing the market for a weak number there as well what's more important is the uh, the unemployment rate which is a different survey altogether so the market's expecting that one to stay at 3.9 percent and I think what could really be the bigger issue is what happens with wages after the employee cost index last week was was so weak the market's looking for that to tick up to 5.2 percent one of the highest levels we've ever seen so yeah I think I wouldn't be looking necessarily I think at the headline number I think the market could be quite desensitized that I'll be looking at more the, the unemployment number which is based on a different calculation and the wage data. I think if we're going to see a move in the dollar and all the derivatives of that, then then I'd be looking at wage data. What do you think? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think that's that's a great point is looking at wage data because, you know, if it's if the jobs data doesn't really matter, and, and as you pointed out, we could actually have a negative print. We could, you know, and the, the White House is preparing the market for that, if you yeah. will, for a weak data, but the market does care about inflationary pressures. Sure. So the wage data is going to feed directly into that narrative. Do, do Does the Fed really have to you know, continue to pay, a print, uh, pay attention to these price pressures? And if they continue higher, you know, is that going to keep them in the more hawkish camp? And, and so you know, when, you, when you talk about the NFP, I think you hit the nail on the head, Chris. You've got to watch not just the headline number. You have to watch all the other data that's, a, that's surrounding the NFP yeah. uh, as well. But I think your point is a really good one. And, and that is that, are we in this kind of holding pattern now where the market needs like a kind of trend in, in data to under, make us understand, can we get more that more rate hikes that are being priced into, into the swaps market or the rates market? Or are we going to see them being priced out? And are we going to see a situation where we could see like a stagflationary environment, which we need to uh, you know, position our portfolio? So we are in this kind of holding pattern where we're getting central bankers telling us what they think about, you know, four rate hikes, five rate hikes feel good, you know, such as Bullard last night. Um, but I think, you know, the data needs to show a trend and that could take a couple of months. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't think this payrolls number is, is something that, that that immediately feels like we're going to see a huge move. I think the chances of that are pretty low. And then I go to the next section, which is, is, is really around central banks, because what's being priced into markets now is partly for me why equities are rallying. Markets are priced in so much in terms of rate hikes um, for this year. Uh, and I think that's you know, obviously the thing that people are debating. I mean, let's go through them. The next Fed meeting that we've got is on the 16th of March. Um, well, it might be 15th for you. Um, we've got yeah. Um, yeah, a 15% chance of a 50 basis point hike at that meeting. It's not going to happen. We've got you know, nearly five rate hikes being priced over the 12 months. You're going to the, in Canada, the market's pricing nearly six rate hikes this year. New Zealand, seven rate hikes. We're pricing two rate hikes in, in Europe after what we saw there. Euros responded to that. In Australia, despite what we saw from the bank, the Reserve Bank, you know, they were pricing in you know, four rate hikes this year. So the market's gone away and, and gone, yeah, we forget about what central banks are saying. We've got our own view about what's going on. I think, you know, can we get further than that? I mean, what, what do you think here now? Is, is Have we got to the point where we've, we've priced in too much and the markets are saying that we've, we've hit this kind of peak hawkishness, peak pricing from, from rates markets? Well, you know, that's a dangerous game to ask that question, Chris. And the reason why I say that is because everybody was asking that question ahead of the Fed and saying, how can the Fed become more hawkish or how can we even price in more and the dollar respond to that? And, and so I think everybody went into the FOMC meeting actually fading the dollar. And as we talked about last week, that wasn't the play. You want to be, you wanted to be long the dollar. And you know, now obviously the dollar's faded off those highs, but 
the fact of the matter is, uh, I think that even though the market is very peak hawkishness for central banks, but how about if the if if inflationary pressures stick around and and, and it, you know going to this week, you know we see wage inflation here in the U.S. Maintain or, or or actually you know tick higher you know maybe maybe the market says well we didn't price in enough I don't know but I hear what you're saying and I think the market is pretty hopped up on you know on on uh, on, on on hawkishness but I also have to say equity markets are really really performing well despite all of that right the question, so the, the question I think we're probably going to ask then and yeah. New Zealand's seven rate hikes being priced in. Europe, two. Um, Australia, four, just over four. And you've got um, in the US, five. The question for me is, is uh, and also the UK as well, we're going to see a rate hike you know, coming through in the session ahead. The the place, the question I think we need to ask is if, if, if any of those jurisdictions where rate hikes come out more aggressively than other places, which is going to lead to that, that divergence trade and a weaker currency, which yeah. of those jurisdictions do you think is the most vulnerable? That rate pricing is, is going to come out more aggressively. I think it's I think it's New Zealand personally. I think seven rate hikes is, is punch. Well, you know, it, it's I, I I'm glad you brought that up, and I know we're running out of time. But uh, one of the charts that's not on going to be on our screens today or tonight during the show, but should be, is the Euro New Zealand that mm-hmm. actually has a big inverted head and shoulder pattern going higher. So that's something to think about too. Yeah, we saw a bullish. We saw a bearish outside, um, you know, engulfing yesterday, and we've seen follow through there. I think, I think Euro Kiwi goes a little bit lower. So, despite what I think fundamentally that might play out longer term, I think you know the flow is starting to sell, um, sell Euro Kiwi to, to the downside at the moment. Whether that continues is obviously yet to be seen. So, All interesting, right. well, one, sure. Yeah, it, it can be. It can be, and I, I think that maybe arbitrage, if you will, between central banks might be a play. But let's talk about crude oil, um, Chris, because I've. I tried to fade crude oil a couple of weeks ago, yeah. unsuccessfully. I took a loss and, I, you know, just kind of, it just stayed bid. Uh, I thought the divergence, technical divergence, and, you know, maybe this, you know, Russia, Ukraine envoy that we would see this next week is going to, you know, relieve some of the pressures. But the fact of the matter is crude is maintaining gains and it's holding these levels. And I think a lot of people are trying to step in the way of this, you know, very bullish move. Mm. So I guess the question would be, do you fade it here? Is it, or, you know, follow price action, which is really bullish. And if it's not going down, it usually only has one other direction to go, but do you do that? Do you do that in the face of everything that's happening, you know, on a, on a more uh, geopolitical scale? What do you think about crude here, Chris? Yeah, I mean, look, if you, if you, if you trade off a basic momentum strategy, I mean, you know, everyone's got their own strategy. Let's say that price is holding a five-day exponential moving average. So, yeah, that's moving higher. You know, it's hugging the upper Bollinger Band. Whatever your strategy, there, you know, there's some simple rules if you want to say that, you know, you, you don't go short until you see a more a destructive picture you know for me this either goes sideways or it goes higher but for now and you know I, I can't take a short position but what we are seeing is after that expo- explosive move through december into january you know the ranges are, are narrowing quite sharply yeah. um 
you know, people are not prepared to push the price higher. I think a lot of people have hedged crude against this geopolitical risk. You know, if we are going to see uh, a, a more aggressive invasion, you know, more clear signs of that, you know, NATO stepping up against Russia, obviously, uh, financial sanctions against Russia, and yeah. then reprisals from Putin, like, yeah, you know, people are hedged. They're hedging themselves through net gas. They're hedging themselves through 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 Brent and WTI crude. And, and I think that's in there. And then, of course, you've got, you know, demo- a, a more impressive supply-demand picture, which is, um, you know, pushing and, and, and supporting the price from any kind of pullback. So I think everyone's hedged uh, in this situation. And I find it very difficult to be short at the moment until we do see, you know, price closing below the five day, you know, you know, the ranges start to expand a little bit more. Um, and then I think, you know, you might see people looking to take take profits. But I can't be short at the moment, despite everything. We've got OPEC coming up. Yeah, we're going to see output increasing by 400,000 barrels. That's fully in the price now. So, yeah, I, I yeah, I think it's, are we in a distribution? I think that is that a question that you'd look at? Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm I actually, I'm, you know, kind of focused on what's ha- going to happen on OPEC, you know, here in the next 24, 48 hours or whatever. But, uh, you know, let's, let's just call it that price is holding up. And while we're above like $83 a barrel on, 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 you know, West Texas crude, I don't think you should be on the short side. It has been very, very bullish, but you got to, you, before you take a trade like that, you got to see the whites of their eyes, right, Chris? Yeah. See sure. the whites of their eyes before you take the shot. So that's yeah. kind of where we're at. Okay. We also we also need higher probability, right? We we work in a probability game, and, and when you know you're, you're shorting a market, especially you know something that's on a daily time frame where price is holding up at this moment, you know you don't have those. You're not skewing the odds in your favour. You're not trying to. So it's about for me, it's about flow, following the flow of capital. And right now, you know that's not really giving us any high probability outcome. So this is definitely the one that everyone should have on their radar. It's important for equities. It's important for CAD and the petro currencies, and I think risk more broadly. So we've got this one very very closely on the radar as well. And talking about radars, we're going to go. Into a bit more about a bit more structure in terms of the technicals and price action. Let's go into that's a setup. Well, the first one is uh, Sterling Aussie. Um, I, I will say I am saying this right now, just before RBA Governor Philip Lowe speaks. We did see the RBA coming out yesterday, and and it was a very neutral statement. The market was looking for it to be more hawkish and open the door for rate hikes. I think rate hikes come in Australia this year, but probably not till November, which is probably just a little bit past consensus. So we're looking from something in the months ahead. But uh, I think rates pricing is rich, as we talked about in, in the earlier segment. Yeah, Bank of England, you know, they were meeting in in this week as well, and the market's pricing are fully pricing in a rate hike there as well. So you know that can't surprise when they when they raise rates. It's a question of you know, what do the Bank of England say that, that suggests you know they're going to be aggressive in terms of rate hikes throughout the rest of the year. This is why we look forwards and not just at this meeting. But have a look at the structure we're seeing now. We saw price break out of that top Bollinger band that was looking really good. The momentum guys out there were sitting there going fantastic. We've seen it breaking out of statistical range, two standard deviations. Um, they've obviously been caught wrong-footed. A lot of those people have had to cover. We've come back through the through the breakout level that you can see that top horizontal black horizontal level. Price has rolled over. We're actually trading through that since since I provided the charts. Now we're actually sitting at the twenty-day moving average, which of course is the middle part of the Bollinger band there. So it's kind of make or break. We need to push back above that that former breakout level. Um, I actually like this one a little bit lower, despite what I think about the Aussie dollar. I think you know the market is is screaming out now. So the question is, is is can we come can we come down to that rising uptrend, which is is not a million miles away from the bottom Bollinger band, and also you know that horizontal support where I think we we'll probably find some some buyers through here. Um, but I think there's some downside risk given what we're seeing. Certainly that, that 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 rising trend can be tested in the short term, and perhaps a break of that level can look to to add to short positions in Sterling Aussie. What do you think, Blake? 
You know, the, what, what you're, you don't point out on your chart is if you go out to uh, on August uh, 19th of this last year, we actually tried to break that high, that previous high at 191.50, roughly. Uh, we probed above it, came back down. So it's really a false breakout. So I think near-term weakness is possible. However, one of the ways I'm looking at this chart is a big inverted head and shoulder pattern as well. So I'm actually more of a buyer down about around 187.50, kind of where that trend line that you have drawn, drawn up. Somewhere around there is where I think that we should find some support. And that's going to be a level that I'll be looking at the uh, the Sterling Aussie. So thanks for yeah. bringing that up and bring it to everybody's attention. Yeah, well, I wouldn't well, turn... I, one, yeah. One eighty seven sixty is my uh, is it would be the level I'll be looking to flip that in any kind of short. So that would be the the high conviction level for me. Well, it's interesting. That's a, a, a really, really key level for me too. And so I think uh, if Chris and I are looking at the different charts, same asset, but we're all looking at the same price. That means it's important for you to look at too. Um, let's take a look at Bitcoin, and and I know you know I've been I've been bearish on cryptos, uh, you know, since the beginning of the year, and 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 uh, and and really since like December, and cryptos have really fell. And we we even talked about Ethereum last week, but you know what's happened is we've seen risk appetite improve, and we've seen crypto come back to the near the forty thousand mark, and it's a big psychological psychological level for for Bitcoin, and so that's kind of where I'm looking at. And if we can break back above 40,000, you can see that descending trend line back. It, it was previous support back on, uh, I guess it was September of this last year. We break above 40K and we get a nice solid daily close above that. I think that I think Bitcoin can trade right back up to the 200 day moving average near you know 48,000. And that's not a small, insignificant move, Chris. That's yeah. a big move. Well, so you, that's I mean, something I'm up- keeping an eye on. You bring up the word if, and, uh, you know, yes. I think that's a big if. <laughs> and, uh, yes. you know, you're looking at NASDAQ. I think you look at NASDAQ. If the NASDAQ is going to continue pushing higher, I think you're probably going to get a higher move up in, in Bitcoin as well and the crypto complex more broadly. Bitcoin looks better than the other coins that we offer. Bitcoin and Ethereum have, have seen this kind of series of higher lows playing through. Um, but if you look elsewhere, you're going to have a look at, you know, Doge, Ripple, you know, Dash, these kind of names, they're all moving like pretty much perfectly sideways at the moment. So you've seen those outperformance. So, you know, long Bitcoin, short to the small, the, the small altcoins has probably been a good trade in that situation. Now, I think if the Nasdaq's going to roll over at these levels and, and we see risk coming out, I think Bitcoin's going to, you know, going to be a good short and probably move at a slightly faster pace. And we are pushing those key levels at the moment. So, you know, it is make or break time. But if we do break out of that pattern that you've got there, then that needs to be respected because it's telling you that this that the flow of capital is becoming more bullish. And crypto, let's get back to the nuts and bolts of what it is. For me, it's a momentum vehicle and it's a FOMO driver. When I buy it when it's going up. If it's going up, you get the FOMO capital going. I know that sounds really, really simple and people are like, what? But you can really only buy crypto, never buy crypto when it's going down. You want to wait for it to go up and hit your ride as a trader, not as a hodler. So, yeah, if it breaks that that, that downtrend, I think that's a really, that'd be very powerful regardless of what we think about the fundamentals of that situation there. Okay, let's bring up, uh, let's bring up my next trade, which is a little bit more exotic. Um, I've, I've, I've really bought my exotic game up today. To you, be honest. you, you really, really have, Chris. I yeah, that's I'm right. So my my player of the day today is uh, definitely you know palm trees and, and desert islands and, and it's, it oozes exotic. So yeah, I mean look, this one's a little bit more niche. We're talking a relative value play, Exxon. 
I don't know if you had a look at their numbers, but they're super, super strong, right? Their yeah, free cash flow is, is just blowing out the park. Yeah, this this, this stock is, is is looking really good. You know, the, the XLE, which is the energy ETF, the S&P energy ETF, as you can see there, what I've done is I've looked at it at a ratio. So I've got the XLE and I've divided it by the S&P um, ETF, the SPY. And as this is going up, you know, it's basically telling you that the XLE is outperforming the, the broader market, right? So you've seen that explosive move up. You've seen that breaking that downtrend. You can see the Bollinger Bands contract bang up it goes you can see price holding the short-term moving averages i love that setup i just absolutely love it where the bollinger bands contract the explosion takes place as we break through the downtrend and it hugs the upper band what a great setup that is and it's just been a beautiful trade the question now is is has this got further to go now as we know the the energy sector is looking good it's a great value play we've got opec coming out tonight which does concern me a little bit we talked about what's going on oil but i think this continues to go up now it's a mature trend um, but I wouldn't be betting against this one at the moment. Any thoughts on this one? I, I really don't have a whole lot of thoughts other than uh, you're right. It's a very explosive trend. And I think you've got to respect. Respect is really the key word here. So I wouldn't want to fade it. And, and if anything, just look for some shallow pullbacks. Whenever you have a strong trend, a shallow pullback of a 38% Fibonacci uh, retracement. Those are always like the ones that I'm looking at when I see an explosive move like this. Yeah, so yeah. if you can get that 38% retracement somewhere in that neighborhood between 38% and 50% retracement, something, a backfilling like that, that's the type of pullback I'd be looking forward to take advantage of this very, very bullish trend. But just, just, to, just to go on, I mean, this is a really interesting way to trade. I know most people are looking at, yeah, momentum trading or, or mean reversion trend following and, and, you know, obviously choosing a time frame, scalping, day trading, um, swing and, and Position trading, but you know, relative value, like you know, get by being long one market and short another and netting off the exposure is a really interesting way to trade. We know that's kind of what the hedge fund industry is kind of based on. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting one there. You're just looking for outperformance of energy and continued outperformance of energy relative to the broader market. So we can go long and short as, a, as an ETF. I think that's a really interesting one to play there. All right. Well, let's shift gears over to gold. You know, this is. We we you, we talked a lot about gold last week. I think that was one of your your setups, and and I and I can't argue the reasons why gold should be going higher. It should be going higher, but it's not. But I also wouldn't want to be short gold. And the the yeah. the comment that I made about gold last week to you, Chris, and everybody listening in was. Look, uh, longer term, we made this explosive move higher towards 2000. We haven't really pulled back. All we've done is consolidate. But the triangle, this symmetrical triangle is pretty much perfect to me. And so what that means to me as a trader is I know the levels where it breaks out. It breaks out above 1850. It breaks down below 1775. We're, we're hugging around the 200-day moving average. We're near the middle of this consolidation. But these, this is the type of setup that we can be literally looking at it today and by Friday following the jobs report it could we could be 50 you know gold points higher 50 gold points lower based on this triangle formation and i think you've got to take it as a setup and be ready for that move what do you think here well i think that that yeah i mean it's been going on for a long time isn't it i mean it's just like you in the markets really it's very mature and it's uh, you know you've got this you've got this situation I mean, the longer these these patterns take to evolve the more powerful when they finally actually break out and complete yeah. and, you know we don't know which way it's going to go we don't care but what we do know is when it does complete um then we need to be prepared to act and react to that and that's what we do as traders is we react right so yeah, if it breaks the downtrend um 
and then you know short positions are obviously preferred, and that shapes your bias. If it can push back up to the uptrend, uh, or the sorry, the downtrend, and put and you know break through that, then you know that's going to shape your bias. So we'll say down to the downside, there is really clear support seventeen eighty four, which we we bounced off a couple of times over the last three or four days, and you know that that needs to hold. Um, and we've we've pushed into eighteen hundred, we pushed into the twenty day moving average there. Um, but I think this is a great setup. Um, yeah, we can talk at, at length about why people hold gold, um, but right now there's a battle between the bulls and the bears as to what's going on and when this when it does break out of this pattern you know i think you've got to respect that that should definitely form your bias going in, into that situation and now and that's a setup right that's a setup mate that's absolutely <laughs> right but it's not one for now it's it might take a week or two to evolve but when it does i think you you, you are going to see this being heavily debated in social media when it breaks there you're going to see it you know trending very very clear, clearly so 100%. yeah whether you trade it in dollars or you can trade it in, in in euro terms or whatever the weakest currency or strongest currency i think it's an interesting one anyway let's go to our player of the day and uh yeah, see what's on, on blake in my mind well i want to bring up the soy meal chart um now it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a, a mature trend. But one of the great things about being a trend follower is, is you know you are looking for outlier moves. That's all you're doing. Well, as part of a distribution, you are looking for outlier moves, and you take your losses very very quickly. You're going to have a lot of losses, but they're going to be very small, and you're going to let those profits run. Um, you know we can look at trend following and, and 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 in isolation, but you know a lot of these agricultural commodities, soft commodities. You know, they come up on, on CTAs or trend followers radars all the time. They may be a little bit more expensive to trade, but when they trend, there's nothing really out there that trends like these in the market. And, you know, what we're seeing in Brazil, uh, what we're seeing in terms of, you know, StoneX cutting uh, their forecasts of, uh, of production, these factors are really boosting a lot of these markets. Go and have a look at, you know, oats looking really good at the moment, you know, cattle looking really good, soybeans looking really, really strong. Soy mill has been the one that I've looked at there. It's broken out to new highs. We've broken above the 20 day move, uh, sorry, about the top Bollinger Band, which tells you statistically this is, this is a strong move. It's a very positive situation as a trend follower to see price push above that level. Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little bit of heat coming out in the short term, but I'd be buying pullbacks if not right now. I think this goes continues higher as a trend following strategy. I think this is one that everyone needs on their radar. I think this one continues trading higher in the short term. All right. Well, thanks, Chris, for bringing that up. I'm going to put my farmer cap on, and I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to be a, I'm going to be an ag trader too. No, but really, I'm going to actually turn your attention over to the spoos because and the S and P. You know, Chris, we you know talked about it at the beginning of the show. Do we follow these markets higher? And to be honest, I think we've got a nice little setup and a nice little reversal setting up. And I tell you what, there are a lot of traders that are thinking that we're going right back to all-time highs. I am not in that camp. And what I'm seeing is I'm seeing the S&P, you know, the, you look at these spiders, they sold off on aggressive selling, very high volume. And at this bounce that we've seen, Volume has been tapering off. Yes, we've seen increased volume because we've seen increased volatility, but volume is actually tapering off on this move higher. I yeah. think we are setting up a head and shoulder pattern. I'm actually looking for, you know, when you're looking at the, the spiders, if you look at around the 618 retracement, which is about 40 or, or uh, 457, right around that level. And then if you take those previous lows that were, uh, that, that were set on January 7th, I think that is going to be a nice level, the 450, roughly 457 level. It's going to be a setup for a nice reversal, possible head and shoulder pattern. Remember, central banks are removing liquidity. They're not adding to it. And that's going to weigh on the markets. That's going to be a headwind moving forward.
Yeah, right. And they've not got your back anymore. So yeah, I think that's 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 leaving us vulnerable. So that that would if, if we do see it breaking through the neckline and goes down, I, I think that's going to really help out my long XLE uh, short SPY trade, you know, in, in that situation. So I think that will the XLE will outperform. Anyway, that's another week from the trade-off from Blake and, my, and myself. We've been talking all the things that are going on, certainly focused on the crude market. We've looked at a couple of pairs trade in the equity market. Blake's pushed out his uh, SPY view and the setup that is there. And it's another week where we're hotly debating the potential for central bank actions and how far down could equity markets fall if they are to fall again uh, before we see that central bank's blink and that put coming in. I think it's a long way down from there. But anyway, if you like the program, if you found yourself enjoying the content, if you watch this far, I'm guessing you have, hit the like button and we'll see you next week.